Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, legends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the show. Today's chat is one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I've recently been doing a a 12-week program um, with a crew called Momentum. It's a modern day man mentorship program which i've thoroughly enjoyed and taken an absolute shitload from Um, and i was lucky enough to be joined by the three coaches uh, on today's chat blake genoa and dylan Uh, dylan's actually been a guest on the show before i'll have the links to all their social media pages and whatnot in the show notes below but um, i hope you guys enjoy the chat as much as what i did you're going to take a lot away from um, our conversation today and for any more information on the course um, and the mentorship program, uh, please do visit the links in the show notes. We will touch on that throughout the episode, but um, there's plenty of information there for you guys to suss it out and make your make up your own mind. But I'm sure you're going to enjoy, as I said, today's chat. And um, for anyone that is interested, jump on board. It's one of the best things that you'll do. Um, and, and I can say that firsthand because I've just completed it myself. Dill, Blake, Janama, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, boys. It's a pleasure to have you on. Pumped. Absolutely pumped, Thanks. mate. <laughs> you sound it, it. I'm up and about, mate. <laughs> yeah. We're excited, mate. We're excited, boys. It's um, I mean, we'll, we'll get on, we'll get into it at some point in the episode today. But um, you know, over the past, I think it's maybe been six to seven or six to eight weeks. It's been a pleasure to be um, kind of working um, with you guys inside the momentum group, and I want to kind of touch on that today because you know, coming into the into the course and stuff like that. I'd obviously had a bit to do with Dill before and a little bit to do with Blake and um, Genoa. We've kind of only just met recently, but even coming into the course, I must admit, like I, I knew that I was already doing a lot of meditation, um, journaling, um, heaps of personal development, and I wasn't sure how much I'd really get out of the, the course, knowing, like having a look at the, the outline of what, what was in, involved. But, you know, I can confidently say that already it's just been an incredible experience and I've taken so much away from it. And I've literally just been telling all the boys about it and um, and plenty of my clients about how much value I've been able to get out of the, the group so far and how vulnerable everybody is being and um, and just how much I've just been able to take away from it and just adding, adding things um, week in, week out. So first of all, fellas, congratulations on putting together such a, um, a great course and... Um, I mean, you must be pretty excited about what's to come, seeing how how successful this first intake has already been. Yeah, we're we're, uh, we're absolutely pumped, mate. Thank you for the kind words. It's been great having you involved, and um, you know, Blake and Jay will jump in as well. But it's just been kind of a pinch pinch myself moment or pinch ourselves moment with how well the group has kind of come together and how, as you said, open and vulnerable and. Um, you know, all the challenges everyone's taken on and, and shared with us. We're just absolutely pumped. And, you know, you yourself have really come in and, and you know, lit the group on fire as well, mate. So thank you. Pleasure. Boys, what, what all, because um, obviously there's, uh, there's four of us. I know Dylan doesn't, doesn't um, like to let anyone else talk. So well, as we go through, um, as we go through kind of like each little part of today's chat, I'd love to kind of get all of your opinion on like kind of everything we touch on. So I guess the, first thing I wanted to kind of chat on is, um, is just to get stuck straight into it is what do you guys think are some of the key factors that a lot of men out there aren't really considering on a day-to-day basis that are kind of, you know, leaving themselves open for 
um, you know, issues with mental health or, or also just not being able to get the absolute most out of themselves, both phys- physically and mentally? I think, um, mate, for me, the most obvious one is just a lack of, um, you know, people to kind of talk to. And, you know, we can all kind of go to the pub and have a, have a, have a surface level conversation, you know, and we've all probably been there where it's, you know, how is work good? How's the partner good? And it kind of doesn't go beyond that. Yep. And, um, you know, in terms of connection, you know, one of the big things that Johan Hari talks about is it's not a lack of people that we're kind of, you know, that's the problem when it comes to loneliness and mental health. It's a lack of kind of connection with like-minded people and going beyond the surface. So that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to, you know, reveal all your deepest, darkest secrets in that moment. Um, but it does mean that we probably need to start to go just a little bit deeper. And, you know, one of the things about building rapport with anyone is not necessarily going from zero to hundred real quick, but just taking it, you know, one step further or asking one other question about, Oh, you know, you said your partners, you know, had a rough couple of months, you know, how's that as opposed to just accepting the surface level. So it doesn't, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, with men's work and, you know, the, the type of stuff that we do that you have to kind of get real heavy, real deep, real vulnerable, real quick. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just kind of mm. layering it and going at one step at a time. Um, yeah, so I reckon. Oh, do you know? Yep. One of the, uh, sorry, I didn't see you. Your little finger was up with the deal. No, you go, mate. You go. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> one of the biggest things that I'm noticing with this and that I've experienced myself was around thinking you kind of had your shit together and not really knowing that there was other stuff to work on and the different levels that that can, that can take. So, you know, again, I was just always brought up thinking that it was all about, you know, making the money and then doing the things and being tough and being good at sport and whatever, and whatever else, everyone's got their own little, you know, areas that they were sort of told that that was what it meant to be a man. And then beyond that, I had false sort of nailing those things. That was as far as it went. And there was a real lack of awareness of myself and how I was carrying myself and what I could be doing, the things I could be doing. So it was a component of lack of awareness. And then when things started to drop a little bit, I was like, oh, right, maybe this, maybe I haven't got my shit together. And maybe I could, this isn't quite right. And maybe I don't have to be tough and be smashing, you know, um, smashing it with, with money and, and, and all the rest to, to, to be a bloke. And, and then from there, it's like, well, well, well now what? And then it's around, well, well, what can I do? And it's the, the tools. I think there's also a big thing. There's a lack of um, clear structure and, and, and tools, I suppose, for blokes to go, okay, right, I have a level of awareness now that I'm not totally satisfied with where I'm at. Now, what do I, what do, I do? So I think that for me, they were the two bigger, bigger standouts that I've struggled with, that I've noticed that it's really come to light with, with this boy, the boys in this group as well. Awesome. Deal? I think so, back on what uh, Blake was saying as well, there's almost this, or there is the stigma that men don't talk and they don't open up. But I found over the last two years of working with dad, working with momentum and then working with my stuff is that once you provide the environment, guys, they are like so ready to open up and talk about their feelings, their emotions, what they're going through, their struggles. It's just that we're almost all running on autopilot under society's guise of what it means to be a man. And then as soon as you do get you know, what do we got 15 boys in this, in this mentorship, you get them together. Week one, everyone is like frothing to talk and frothing to share. So you give them that facilitation, you give them the safe environment where you literally like go, Hey, you can talk about this stuff here. And everyone just goes week one, bang, I'm ready to go. 
um, which has been awesome to see. It's funny, isn't it? It's like that, um, you know, it's almost like the, the, what is it? The four minute mile or whatever it is. Like once one person does it, everyone else realizes that it's possible and that, and that they can also do it. I mean, on a very small scale, it's, it's very similar to, to what you've just mentioned. Like, you know, everybody in the group has something that's on their mind probably constantly that they feel like they just can't talk about or maybe think that it's not manly to, to mention it and speak up with their mates. But as soon as one person opens up and you're sitting there going, you know, you might have a, have a problem that, you know, in the grand scheme of things is quite small and you hear someone else talk about something that's pretty heavy hitting and all of a sudden you go, fuck yeah, it's, it's, I should be able to speak about this and, I, and all of a sudden you open up and a lot more vulnerable about what you you feel like you need to talk about or want to talk about. And it's a, it's a pretty awesome feeling. Like, I mean, um, you guys can, can um, back me up here. I think seeing inside the group, like how much people have just realized that it's all right to talk about it. And you can just see straight away the weight lifted off their shoulders. And, and every week now we come into this call that we have each week and people are just G to, to talk about their problems. <laughs> and, and, but not even that, just like also just talk about the wins for the week and, and um and just open up and share a lot more than what they probably would have even with it's funny like inside this group i've i've in person met probably three of you guys and there's there's people sharing shit that you wouldn't you would never have even considered sharing with like your best mates that you've grown up with for your whole life so it's 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 a cool feeling like what, what were you going to mention there mate i was just going to say and i know <coughs> tills has spoken of this as well before is ironically for a lot of us like we're in a pretty privileged position the majority of us and, you know, when people have problems, often there comes a level of shame because it doesn't, you know, it, it, it appears insignificant compared to people in third world countries or people that have lost family members or whatever it may be. So, you know, no matter how small or big it is, it's still significant to you. And it's still yeah. important to be able to share that because, you know, for a lot of people, there's that feeling of like, oh, mate, this problem isn't big enough. But if it's been weighing on your shoulders for a month, three months, a year, then it's really important that that's communicated, you know, no matter what it is. So I think that's really important for blokes to understand as well. 100%. And although it may be um, insignificant or you may feel like it's insignificant to others, like you just said, if it is weighing you down for a week, two weeks, months, two months, years, it's not that one problem that's the issue. It's now affecting every other aspect of your life as well, which is, is just a massive snowball effect. So that, that small problem ends up becoming a fucking huge one. Um, down the track do and to put language to what Blake's talking about the way that I look at it is perspective versus comparison and because of the way even just social media but the, the society set up we're in a lot of comparison mode so we compare our pain we compare our successes we compare our bodies on Instagram we can, we're just constantly comparing which is really negative versus utilizing it as perspective right of saying okay I've got it bad I'm honoring whatever I'm going through and I'm honoring it, right? That's the important part. And then I'm utilizing shit. Okay. DK does have it worse than me or, or Genoa is going through something really tough. Okay. I can go through this and I can come out the other side. So that perspective versus comparison mode, because as, as Blake said, shame is just so toxic. I, I know when I got diagnosed and I don't even like using the term, but when I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety, there was so much shame. It was just like, I've grown up in the most privileged, like you couldn't have asked for a better childhood and here I am depressed and anxious. What the, what the hell's going on? So moving through that is, is so important as, as Blake said. Mm. Do you know what you touched on a, a good point before? Like all three of you mentioned how 
you know, once we, we all kind of figure out that there, there may be something that we need to work on and it's, it's okay to be vulnerable and stuff. And um, I think it might've been deal at the start. You even mentioned, or sorry, it might've been Blake talking about, you know, asking your mate whether they're right or what's going on in their life and, and seconding that with an actual follow-up on, on how things are improving or maybe not improving. But you know, you mentioned the, the now what, and I think that's really important because um, you know, now that mental health is becoming less, um, or sorry, more and more people are starting to talk about mental health. A lot more people are open to to speaking about the fact that maybe they're struggling or something. But then there's a lot of people out there that just don't have the tools to do anything with it. So it's all well and good to ask your mate if they're okay or or what's what's happening behind the scenes. But then what's the follow up like? What are they? What tools can they add to their toolkit to make sure that they're actually improving it? Because once you're aware of it, it's all well and good to know about it. But if they're not doing anything actively to to change it, then you're really in the same position. So what are some of the tools that you boys have um, have been able to pick up over the years um, and things that you think that the the men and not only men, but obviously women out there as well are able to add to their toolkit to actually improve um, and, and change their situation? Well, a couple of pieces and, and one is something actually we're now doing as a group with the guys every week is learning how to communicate and hold space and listen to each other. And firstly, not always try to fix. So I know I was very quick to always like have answers and, and have a way to go without really so always knowing. And every week what we're learning here is to, is how to communicate with each other and just listen to someone else and go, you know, what's going on for you? And I'm here for you. And, and just that as, as a component. And then sort of from there in terms of, you know, actual tools, we sort of try to break it down because traditionally, you know, my tool was, I thought going to the gym and, and eating meat and veg was how I looked, looked after myself. And, you know, I'll just probably talk personally here for my side. For me, it's been all around looking at, at the mental and, you know, looking at, well, what can I do to manage my, you know, stress and manage my anxiety and doing things like, you know, your meditation and, and, and journaling and things that were, I used to think were a bit fucking weird and that only hippies did or, you know, and, and I wasn't in, in for that. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand it. And what I, what I realized was that you don't have to change your whole world to do these things, you know, just doing these simple little things that only can take a few minutes a day can easily be integrated and they will change your experience uh, of, of the world. So from my area, that was, was, there was those sort of things that that was a Kickstarter for me to start seeing things in a different light were really, was really heavily around the meditation stuff and doing a bit of the, the journaling and, and looking more, uh, more inward that way. B-dubs. I think, um, you know, one, one thing that's really big for us with momentum is that just to have a platform where you can speak to people, you know, DK, I know obviously you've been a massive advocate of mental health for a number of years, as has deals. And we're probably as a society in a position now where we're broken um, the stigma that once came with it, or we're, we're at least a long way into breaking the stigma. But there's also, and you know, with so many awareness days and things like that, there also need, now needs to be follow up in terms of, you know, programs and structures to support those people because you know, all well and good to have the awareness days, and we've got a stack of them, and they're amazing at bringing light to, you know, what can be a pretty dark place. But it's really important now that as a collective that there's a follow up, and obviously that's a big part for us with momentum because, you know, there's all these people kind of literally putting their hands up and going, I'm struggling. And then, you know, where to from a support network after that. So that's a big piece for us. 
I think, yeah, just, just to touch on that before you go, Dill, um, it's a really good point is, I mean, it's very common now that a lot of people have the understanding that tools such as meditation and even journaling to an extent or going to see a psychologist if, if that's something that the path you want to go down. Not everyone has access to that, but also with the journaling and meditation, not everyone really understands how or what practice might be best for them. Um, they may just not give it time, not, not be patient enough for it to actually have any benefit. So having that chance, I guess, inside this group as well, which has been, which I've found most um, positive is, is that kind of actual interaction part where we are all having a chat and everyone is able to just talk. Cause I mean, like I said, even for those that are meditating and journaling, that may not be enough. And for a lot of people, it isn't, you know, sitting down for five to 10, 15, 20 minutes a day and meditating for some people may not be the, the tool that they need to, to really make an improvement. So I reckon that follow up and the, the constant just adding adding things each week. One thing I've really enjoyed about the the program so far as well is is not going into coming into week one going, all right, boys, this is what we're doing. There's a list of ten things every fucking day. We're doing this, 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 this and this. We'll see you in twelve weeks, whatever it is, and um good luck and can't wait to hear how you went. It's more so like this week we're just doing this one thing. Next week we're gonna add this one more thing and then you start building on those habits and and I think that's in anything is the most effective way to go about it. But I think it's been super beneficial for everyone. Um, but yeah, Dil, what were you going to mention there, mate? Um, I'll just talk about, it's, it's probably less of a, of a tool, but the, we've really overcomplicated things as humans, like back on Johan Hari and what Blake touched on in Lost Connections, you know, getting into nature is so great for your mental health. You know, getting sleep is so good for your mental health. There's a scale um, Blakey, I don't know if you, I can't, I can never remember what it's called. Do you remember what the scale was from one to 36, how you gauge your mental health? And um, to give you some context to the scale, if you are on antidepressants, which serve a purpose for some people, will increase your mental health by 1.5 on the scale versus a good night's sleep will improve your mental health by six points. So we really kind of lost a little bit of just our basic understanding of how to look after ourselves, like get sleep, go for a walk in the park. You know, even if you're not quite, you know, if you're in a place where Jay was three, four, five years ago around what the hell is meditation, just switch off your phone, switch off your laptop, go sit outside and just get look present. at the trees, look at the birds, like just stay really present. And I think the biggest thing that we're noticing now as a collective for men specifically is a lack of purpose or a lack of direction or a lack of understanding of where do men now fit into the greater conversation within society. And I remember when I first started talking about it and probably when we start, first started talking about it as momentum around mission, you know, I'd get a few people messaging me going, Oh, you know, you, you don't need to have a purpose. You don't need to have this great life purpose and stuff. And it's, and it was something at the start, which I really grappled with. I was like, yeah, I guess there are people that are out there and, you know, they don't have this massive life purpose and we tend to associate purpose with like changing the world. But purpose, at least the way that I understand it, is just being in service of others and having, you know, that external gratification or the internal gratification of helping other people and not overstating how important it is to find that purpose or find that ability to help other people and serve the greater good. There was a study done, you know, and I'll quick, very quickly touch on it. They studied Western cultures and Eastern cultures and asked them, go and make yourself happier. And they wanted to know, is it possible to make yourself happier just with the intention of making yourself happier? 
in the Western cultures, the answer was no, because we all went out there and did something for ourselves. In the Eastern cultures, the answer was yes, because they went out and did something for someone else. So I can't understate how important it is to have that, that mission, that purpose, or at least be on in the pursuit of that mission and purpose. Because so many guys who struggle, women too, but a lot of men, as we work in the men's space, struggle because they don't understand what they're here for. They don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And so when life eventually smacks you in the jaw, which it's going to multiple times, as Blake can attest to, as I can attest to, as Janelle can attest to, and mate, as you can attest to, what gets you out of bed in the morning is what lets you cop the the, the one-two jab and then keep going because you've got a reason to keep going. Um, so it's so important. I reckon, yeah, you touched on a really good point and that's something that I've noticed as well as, you know, particularly regardless of what age group we're talking about, when, when you kind of come across, um, you know, men in particular that don't necessarily know that purpose or maybe feel like they're not fulfilling it or whatever, it feels like there's just such a massive gap in their, in their life and that, and that leads to kind of no direction and leads to no structure and, and routine or, and like you said, purpose. So, I mean, it's a, it's a hard question to answer, but what do you guys, is there any advice you can give around kind of, you know, you said deal, you know, being in pursuit of trying to find that purpose and, and figure out your why, like, is there any, any pointers that you can give to trying to actually understand that? Because it can be hard enough. I feel like when people come across this, uh, when they realize that they may not know what their purpose is, all of a sudden they're just reaching for anything and everything. Like they're just so focused on trying to find what their purpose is that they're just reaching and, and trying to hand it all this shit that really is not their purpose. When in the end of the day, it's kind of staring you in the face. It just may not be the most obvious, obvious answer initially. So any advice? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think probably between the three of us, we've got different bits of advice, which will be helpful, but, you know, Jay touched on it before, the importance of um, awareness. And that's kind of our first step in terms of, you know, understanding of self. So, you know, with that awareness is a level of um, stillness, silence, solitude. So what I mean by that is having plenty of moments where you don't have any distractions just to kind of reconnect with yourself. I know for me, I won't go into plant medicine because it frustrates these two boys. But when I did Vipassana, the 10 day silent meditation retreat, that's when I got a lot of clarity on um, myself as, as an individual. And that's obviously a really big step. Like that's, that's zero to hundred real quick, but obviously. You just really touch meditation. on what, what um, for those that are listening that have no idea what that is, because it's pretty full on. What, what is that? Vipassana is a, a 10 day silent meditation retreat where you, literally go to a yeah, meditation retreat and for 13 hours a day you meditate. And to be fair, that freaks a lot of people out going, I can't meditate for more than 20 minutes. Jane has known me for seven or eight years. I wasn't meditating when I went and did that, but it was by far the most impactful thing I've ever done. And the clarity that came from that was like nothing I've ever experienced before. So those moments of stillness, silence, um, solitude are phenomenal in terms of really starting to get clarity on your own kind of way of thinking. Mm. I sort of tend to like to break it down because remember when you know, thinking about the idea of purpose, as you said, um, DK, often the ideas come that you've got to change the world and, you know, open all food, something like that. And so from there, it's like, well, fuck, I don't know what I want to do. And I like to sort of break it down quite simply and do a little sort of a recon of, you know, what is important to you in terms of values, right? So it might be 
right now it's really, it's really important to you is around you know connection and, and growth and, and things like that in your world and then the next phase would be well what can you create a purpose aligned to those things which are really driving you and what it could look like is something so small as to like what can like your day say tomorrow my purpose is going to be to bring more connection to the world so as dylan said you know it's not about trying to get more it's like how can we bring more to the world and so it can be something so small as what are small little behaviors that you can do that can align with this little trial purpose because also you know you can have different purpose at a different time in, in life and it can change you might go oh i'm loving this right now and you're like oh, actually that doesn't really drive me as much and also by doing this you can try smaller things mm. and you can see what sort of lands and you might go oh wow like when I was walking around today trying to you know, make people feel better and smile and create connections, I was like on fire and it felt great. And then you can sort of follow that further. Or maybe you tried it and you go, oh, it wasn't really a thing. And then try something else out of, out of sort of a list of, of things that you have defined as really important to you in, in your world. Yeah, speaking of, just before you go, Dil, like of, of that purpose and serving others, I mean, I often find myself as well, like if I feel like I'm kind of a bit out of alignment with, you know, whether it's stressed or anxious about something or frustrated and pissed off, whatever, if I do give myself that time of, of becoming present and meditating and journaling and stuff, even if I don't actually actively go out and try and serve other people for that day, just the fact that I'm in a much better headspace relays that on to other people. You know, you're a bit kinder to someone at the cafe, yeah, you say good day to someone on the street or um, you're just not an asshole to someone in traffic or whatever it may be and then, it, that, that flow on effect it just has such a positive impact on other people not just yourself even when you're not even trying to go out and actively serve other people i find anyway mm. I, I look at it as two part for the purpose piece which is what jay touched on and, and kind of what blake and, and you just touched on dk um it's almost like who do you want to be so i want to you know your purpose can be i want to be a great father i want to be a great partner i want to be a great friend and and you can look at your values as Jade has touched on who you want to be and then also what you want to do in life. And, and I think there's two people, there's the people who are sitting at home doing nothing and they're suffering from like information overload or uh, what's it called analysis paralysis where they're just mm. not making decisions because they're like, I need to figure out what my purpose is. So they're sitting at home trying to figure out what their purpose is and doing nothing. And then you've got the other people who might be, constantly doing caught up in the nine to five and stuck or trapped in that and haven't had the time to slow down and actually ask themselves, what do they want to do? So for the person that's at home, my advice is to go out there and just do. So mm. for me, I was, hospo, I was in real estate. I was in construction. I was in um, marketing. I was in sports management because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but I was fortunate enough that I had great parents that allowed me to also go, okay, take time to look at what you want, like take time that you are taking stock of, is this what you want to do? Is it not? So I just kind of crossed things off my list and went, well, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. I mm. fell into health coaching. Like I didn't want to become a health coach. I was just studying to pass the time, got halfway through the course, loved it. And then three, four years later, here I am with these boys you know, coaching men. And there's a great exercise you can do um, around, I think it's pronounced ikigai, which is a Japanese term. Um, so it's what you love, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and then what you are good at. And what I do, and I've done for years now, and what I have my boys do is literally brainstorm. What do you love? What the world needs? What you can be paid for? What you're good at? 
and they don't even have to link to each other, but you can look at it all on a piece of paper and go, oh, shoot, okay, I love this. The world needs it. I can be paid for it and I'm good at it. That's my guy, right? And that's where I believe everyone should be trying to get to some form of, you know, serving every um, aspect of, of that four-part piece. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I find in particular it's that um, perception or, or that notion that, people feel like they need to be doing something to, to either fit in or to please, whether it's the parents or whether it's their mates around them or they've wrapped their identity around what they're doing so they feel like they can't do anything else. But I just find this, and I mean, it's not as simple as just making a quick decision um, like this, but I just feel like there's so many people out there that are just doing shit they don't enjoy purely because they feel like they have to now. So, you know, they're, they're going and working a, a construction job, but when they're outside of work, they fucking love you know whatever it is but it, it, cooking or some shit like that something completely opposite and they feel like they need they can't step away from what they're already doing because they're too far in or something like that and that's one thing i've been able to pick up on and you hear this a lot with whether it's on you know audio books podcasts um hearing about people's i guess success stories is that a lot of people that do exceptionally well in whatever industry or field they're in didn't start in in that area or or may have started super late i mean you look at guys like um, who's a good example? Someone like Rich Roll. Like, I mean, he's just absolutely crushing it. And, and he didn't even start until, what was it, like mid-30s or even rough. I, I don't I actually know exactly what age, but I know he wasn't doing what he's doing for a long time. So you look at that and it just starts to become a really um, a common theme, um, their 40th birthday. So, I mean, and that's exciting, I reckon. I think that's exciting. And it also opens up people's minds when they really start to understand that just because you're not where you want to be right now doesn't mean that it can never happen. And, and it doesn't really matter what, what age you start at or what part of your life you're in that you start at. So, um, boys, what I also wanted to, to touch on a couple more things before we do wrap up. I mean, this is a hard question to answer for all of you, I'm sure. But if there was one thing that you kind of, I guess, knew um, say five, 10 years ago or, or at any point in time where you feel like you probably were a bit stuck. If, if you knew then what you knew now, what, what was, what's one thing you think would completely have changed the, the path you're on or, or helped you through some of the tougher times? Like you can go first, man. I think, um, well, to be honest, it's something that I feel like I've been fortunate enough to know, but I don't think the, the majority do it. It's, pr- it's pretty much just what you said. Like when you break away from, society's um, interpretation of what success looks like, the path that you should follow, um, you know, what mum and dad want for you and really just own your path. You know, I I think that's a a huge bit, you know, Johan Hari, I feel like we're kind of given this podcast, the Johan Hari podcast, but he's paid paid to some ads in today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) He he talks about it a lot. Like, Blake. (laughs) intrinsic versus extrinsic values and intrinsic being from a a place of self extrinsic being from a place of you know trying to prove something to others or trying to impress and i think a lot of people are so out of touch with what's true to them that they're living this conditioned life that's according to you know the definition of success or you know they went to a prestigious school and they got this you know, really good marks. So that means they have to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it may be. When really, as you said before, they just want to be a chef or they just want to go and, you know, be a outdoor ed instructor, you know, instructor and, and do whatever it may be. Like knowing what's true to you and not being on what I call the hamster wheel of society's 
definition of success is really important to break away. And when you, it, it takes a lot to break away mm. because the majority of people are there. But when you do break away from it, it's super liberating. I think that's something that, you know, the three of us have um, been able to find and albeit, you know, challenging because it goes against the norm and, and I guess what society deems as the path. One thing I would quickly touch on before the other boys go is on that, on that topic there, Blake, I think it's really important for people to understand as well that you don't need to go from working the job you're in now to just walking in tomorrow morning going, Hey mate, I'm out. I'm, I'm quitting and I'm just going to go and fucking start cooking some shit at home and hopefully make millions of dollars. Like it's, it's more so a matter of gradually weaning off. It's, it's starting to do something on the side. It's starting to look at areas of your life. You can start to move towards what you do want to be doing it. And then when the time is right, cause I mean, you've got to be smart about your decisions as well. I don't, I'm sure all these boys can, can, um, can also agree. We're not saying quit your job and just go and start doing something that you enjoy if you're not making any fucking money because you've got bills to pay and you've got your family to look after maybe and, and whatever it is. So you've got to actually give it time, but um, it doesn't have to be all at once. And it's similar to what we talked about, what I mentioned before with these habits that we've been building inside the course. It's just gradually adding pieces to the, to the puzzle over time until the time is right. And then you can completely step away if that's something that you're wanting to do. But it, I think a lot of people kind of see it as this big scary thing because they look at it complete change all at once, but like any, any change, it needs to take time and small steps and, and kind of reverse engineer how it's actually going to happen. Mm. Do you know what? Long silence there. I gave him plenty of opportunity. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't put my little finger yeah. up. Right, um, mate, Blake, actually, Blake is a pretty, pretty solid answer to that one. So I was trying, I'm trying to think of it a different sort of angle to that. So one, for, for me personally, it would have been a, really around like comparison and worrying about trying to do, you know, better and, and in line with what everyone else is doing and just worrying about my own shit. And a lot of that was also around you know, ego and being seen to be, you know, doing the right thing and success. And that, that took me down paths and directions in careers that maybe necessarily weren't what I really wanted to do. And then from that, the other key is to always be active, always be trying things. So yeah, you might be in a job right now that's not ideal, but to be sitting there and, you know, you go, oh, you know, it sucks and blah, blah, and just going for that hamster wheel, it's not going to change anything. And the biggest thing I've learned is by trying things, you know, trying things outside the comfort zone, doing a course, you know, reading something, always being active and sort of universe kind of responds in a way when you get active and start showing that you want to try some new things and things will come out in your, uh, into your realm that you never even realize. So, you know, I was acting in a heading in a, in a direction totally opposite to where I ended up, but it's because I was getting active that things started coming into my world that allowed me to go, Oh, I was heading here and I've started moving, but now because I'm on this direction, I'm starting to see this stuff over here. And now I want to head over here. And that's sort of, and that's how we can find a, a pathway um, through, through life. I think a lot, a lot easier. Love that. I, it's, it's funny. Like we're almost all three similar, just kind of communicating it in a different way. Mine would have been around self-worth and developing more emphasis on my own inner voice and my own, like, uh, you know, I gain worth internally. I think, there's no greater period in our lives than when we're teenagers and probably even into our early twenties, I would say mid twenties. And I'm, I'm probably just coming out of it where I'm starting to stand in my own power and stand in my own voice and care less what other people think and care less about 
um, my value being attributed to other people's opinions of me, et cetera. So for me, it would be more the, the, the self-worth piece of five years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, I, everything about me was I'm an athlete. And then when I stopped playing sports, it was like, where do I now get my validation for manhood? Like, how do I actually identify myself as um, being a man? Because I got so much praise for being the athlete. I got like all my worth was tied up in that. And then I quickly transitioned out of sport, lost a girlfriend, a little bit of trauma, and then just stepped straight into, well, I'm going to sleep with lots of girls. And that's what's going to give me my worth. And I see it so commonly that men attribute their worth to these, these masks um, that we think define us as, you know, men make lots of money, sleep with lots of girls, be aggressive, get into fights. You know, you have to know it all and you can't show any form of, Oh, I'm sorry. Or I'm, you know, or humility. So for me, it would be developing self-worth at a younger age and, and just, um, you know, understanding what that looks like. Unreal boys. It's a, uh... I feel like we could chat for hours and hours and hours, um, but I have to go out and serve other people. So um, unfortunately, <laughs> we're going to have to wrap it up soon. But but firstly, uh, oh sorry, just just to finish off, like in terms of momentum, like those that are tuned into today's show and and have felt like they've got a lot of value, which I'm sure plenty of people have. Where where can they kind of go to suss out a bit more about momentum and and even just if you've got some tools that they can go and jump on and, and start to dive a bit deeper into and and if there's any more content. Um, Blake, if you want to, if you want to go, mate. Um, probably check us out on Instagram is the best thing. And I think, you know, <clears throat> whatever path these guys take, um, the most important thing is to find a group or someone else that you resonate really, you know, really closely with. And that's what we've found. You know, some of the people that are in the group have tried the psychologist and tried different avenues and they just haven't clicked with them. And I think, you know, as, as you can, the test to DK from being in the group, there's a really cool um, sense of unity because we all get along really well. So check us out there um, for kind of regular content. And then also our website, there's some free um, downloadables there. You know, there's a, there's a journal that you can download there um, and an ebook as well. So the Momentum Lifestyle um, is probably the best couple of spots to check out and deals your Instagram as well, if they want to follow. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I am by Early far inspiration. The, I'm the brains behind the organisation, so you want to follow me. <laughs> if you want any fishing tips as well, Dill reckons he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Hunting tips, how to grow out a beard. <laughs> uh, gents, appreciate you joining me this morning. Um, and and it's, it's been a good chat. I, I think a lot of people would have got a lot of value from from just this short, short chat today. So anyone that has taken some value away, not only go and um, jump on the Momentum Instagram and check out the content on the website, but also love for you to take a screenshot of today's episode and, and post it up on your Instagram story for me. Um, tag myself, tag all these boys. I'll have the links to all their socials and also the Momentum website and Instagram in the show notes. Um, so fellas, thanks a lot for that. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm um, looking forward to our call again this week. Janoa, do you want to touch on one thing before we wrap up, mate? No, I just wanted to say thanks first before the other boys cut in. Because it's going to be a big cross, you know, everyone's saying, oh, yeah, thanks, mate, thanks, mate, thanks, mate. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> mate, it's been great having you involved in the, the group as well. as a big participant and lots of sharing and adding value as well and, and doing this sort of stuff. So, um, you know, it's other guys that do it 
and go away and do more and then create their own stuff that makes it even um, bigger and better. So um, we love it. I appreciate you having me part of it, boys. Dill? And mate, on that as well, like there's no greater role model in, in my eyes, and I'm going to gas you up a little bit, BK, than you. You know, if I was a young man... I'll figure man, that coin after the episode. <laughs> like if I was a young man, look like you, you know, here's someone for those listening that's pretty, as he said at the start, pretty sorted with his daily routine, does a lot of self-development, et cetera. So, but he's constantly looking at working to better himself. And that's kind of what we wanted to do at Momentum was make it really appealing to to guys that we wanted to be around and guys that we looked up to, you know, I look up to you as well, DK. So it's like great to have you in the group as well, but also don't shy away from this space. We, we really are trying to create a culture of guys that are, that are, you know, pretty cool for lack of a better term as I'm, as I'm starting to think of it, but you know, guys that are pretty cool. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. DK, I like you a lot as well, mate. So uh, thanks. thanks. Thanks, mate. You're all cool. You're all cool, guys. For sure. Oh, God. Oh, I need to come up with a new word. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gents. We'll wrap it up there. Thanks, thanks a lot, boys. Um, appreciate your time. And uh, thanks, everybody, who's tuned in to today's episode.